Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm getting a phone call. Has that ever happened? That's interesting. Okay. Hold on. On your computer? Well, I, you know, are you guys watchers of The Office? Mm, no. I mean, I've watched, some, I've watched some episodes, but not like a... Uh... Well, there's an episode where... So, like, Ryan... Oh, and my husband just flushed the toilet next to me. All right. Didn't hear that. Be done. Good. Didn't hear Everyone. It. <laughs> Everyone calm Everyone, down. Everyone, please. So That's okay. You know my dogs are going to start in at some point. So. Yeah, I'm going to start hearing I, like the clippity club. I took the bell off the back door. Oh my gosh, the Pavlovian bell. So she wanted to ring the bell. Try and communicate. Yeah. Welcome to today's episode of Win Some, Lose Some, Resiliency in Real Estate. Um, Lila, how are you doing today? I'm great. I've got the windows open in my house this morning because there's a cool breeze. I've got, you know, a flannel on standby. Like, I'm great. Okay, well, you were talking our last episode. You immediately, within two seconds, were talking about your flannel. So it doesn't take long. I mean, but I'm from Seattle, so... You know, it's not just a sexuality thing. It's a West Coast thing. <laughs> well, I feel like we normally do these later in the day. So I'm kind of, you have your coffee. I have my cold coffee from like two hours ago. Lee, are you caffeinated? I am caffeinated and I just have my uh, hydro flask right here. So, <laughs> okay. Hydrated and caffeinated. We have a wonderful friend who I feel like we've been in a few same like hangouts or meetings or circles, but haven't had a lot of one-on-one -on -one chat time. So I'm really excited to get to know uh, our friend Lee Fund. Lee started in real estate in Memphis in 2006 during college with his mom, who has been <laughs> in the business for his entire life. Lee moved to Nashville in 2013 with another career and then came back to real estate at the end of 2016. He's been a managing broker with Village since 2018 for three offices, and is now the managing broker for the main office of 250 plus agents in Hillsborough Village. Can't wait to hear about the... Um, <laughs> I take... Yeah. I take a nap right here. I'll just take <laughs> a nap The herding right of here. cats, yeah. that is. Uh, Lee sold $14 million last year with 34 transactions. He was awarded the President's Award in 2021 by Brian Copeland, and uh, he's completed his three years three-year board of directors term with Greater Nashville Realtors. And then he said, okay, I think that's enough about me. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Lee, how how are you doing? Like, managing, you know, your 250 agents, that's a lot on a normal day. And nothing about the past few years has been normal. So no. what what has this experience been like for you? I mean, I think to be in real estate, you kind of have to be addicted to the crazy a little bit. And I'm just a little extra crazy. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think I just kind of like the madness and the kind of the high pace of everything. Um, but uh, at Village, we have uh, a lot of good support. So we kind of operate as a broker team. And so I do have the support of the other brokers. Like if I'm not available and somebody needs something, I can, uh, you know, pull in another broker like Care Baker kind of serves with me at this office and then the other brokers at the other office. So any of the agents can call any brokers uh, in Franklin and East and at 21st if they need help, which is very helpful. So like if I do want to try to take a day off, if those ever happen or <laughs> a vacation or something, uh, then I have some backup. So it's really helpful. But, you know, comes with the territory of just the constant calls of your clients and agents. So, um, but it's fun. How much of your day to day is 
your own business versus kind of helping other agents with their business? I mean, I've tried to kind of time block moments where uh, I can just focus on my stuff and then um, as agents come through with questions, but it's so kind of random that like I could be like really focused on what I want to do and then like five fires happen. And so you have to kind of put out those fires as they happen or someone pops by with a question. And so I've kind of more morphed into like, I just have to kind of bring the two together and just kind of work on my stuff when I can and then have broker stuff kind of alongside. So I I try to combine them just to make it a little bit easier, but you know, it's a work in progress to (laughs) to get that all figured out. Yeah. So agents turn to you with their fires as you're working through your own transactions, your own fires. I mean, what what's keeping you motivated and recharges you so you can be there for those other agents? I mean, I think trying to take time away when you can, like we just uh, had to, we just went to a wedding in Utah, which was like so much fun and so beautiful. And so trying to take trips, we, uh, Adam, my partner and I really like to go all out of town and kind of explore and go hiking and stuff. So those definitely bring me like kind of back to to earth. But I wish I could say I've I've mastered um, the art of <laughs> putting all those in each place. But uh, I'm kind of going through it uh, just every day. But I know I just kind of love the the fast pacedness of real estate. I love the challenge. Uh, we're in a, a, a new challenge now. The old challenge was trying to get people under contract. And now it's kind of uh, still that, but now finding buyers that are still in the market and sellers that still want to jump in. And so just kind of the ever evolving challenge um, is tiring, uh, but uh, it's fun. I think that's kind of what we like about this. So, I mean, yeah, like what guidance are you giving your agents right now that are feeling really run down or scared or stressed by some of the unknowns, you know, with the economy and inflation and homes, you know, talking to their sellers saying, hey, we're returning to a more normalized market. It might take an extra couple of weeks for your house to sell or, you know, affordability with buyers. Like what are what are some of the conversations that you're having with those agents who are who are feeling the weight of where we are right now? in the market? Yeah, good question. I think it's important to put context kind of on everything that's happening. So like all the headlines are saying sales are down the worst they've been since 2007 or six or whatever. Well, no shit. Last year was amazing. Nothing is going to beat last year's numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to be down. Um, And so like kind of with the T, what I'm trying to do too with my clients as well and agents is like, okay, so we're in 2022. We have, you know, eight or 9,000, uh, inventory like properties for sale. So what historically does that look like? So when you look back over the past five years, we're really looking like 2018. If you look at the number of houses that have sold, the number of active properties, it's almost exactly what was happening in 2018. And we made plenty of money then. Now, obviously interest rates weren't 7%. And so that's a little bit of a thing to kind of coach people on. And in my lifetime, I I don't ever remember them being, um, you know, that I can kind of remember this high. Um, but then you talk to agents that have been in the business longer than all of us. And they were like, yeah, we were selling houses when they were, you know, 11%. Um, obviously, afford- affordability was, you know, a little bit more in reach. Uh, sales prices weren't as high. But I think just kind of putting context on the headlines um, is important because they're just here to grab your attention and make everybody think the world's falling apart. Absolutely. And so, yeah, going back to like, what are the facts? What what is What was 2019? What was 2018? Um, and then I think getting creative with your sellers on, we have so much equity in the marketplace. And so 
maybe that buyer can't buy at that price at this rate. So let's look at rate buy downs. Let's look at closing costs. Let's look at things that you can utilize that equity to put towards your purchase rather than it just be about the sales price. So I think that's a little bit of kind of what we're coaching and teaching everybody. But I mean, I can't say I think we're all of kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, uh, just when you think you know what's going to happen, then something changes. But I think kind of leaning into it and just kind of charging the storm, so to speak, and not getting scared and, you know, panicking is important because that's what this is when the people can make either a lot of money or not a lot of money. And I think it's like us that are just kind of charging forward and like, all right, this is the new challenge. Let's get back to the basics of calling our people. I think that's kind of what where my mind's at. But I can't, I would be lying if I said I'm not just a little bit of nervous going into all of this. But, you know, I think what's that, um, that famous rapper said, scared money don't make no money. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the thing. <laughs> so it's got to get after it. Right. The past few years were so impactful but if we could toss them out just as outlier years and just do like the men in black thing you know like wipe the memory of that happening um hey this is kind of not business as usual but i mean yeah you're gonna you're gonna have down numbers like you said when you compare it to the outliers of of the past two or so years yeah well and realistically those two years were never sustainable like that that's not a sustainable market so you know it was great for for a lot of people who were able to capture that low interest rate and make a, a ton of money on their homes. But, you know, historically, that's just not the way real estate works. Yeah. So we've got to try to reframe what it looks like now for clients. Absolutely. Yeah. And like mentally, physically, I know all of us worked so much the past two years. And I think a little bit of it is a little whiplash of like, we were on the go so much showing so many houses to the same buyers, you know, just over and over. And now it's just kind of like, oh, wait, now what? <laughs> hey, and it's October. Yeah. It's flannel season. So like this is the season that <laughs> what do I do now? The things kind of slow down. And so <laughs> I think, you know, combining all that together is easy to panic. But uh, very much to your point, like those two years were not normal. Agents that just got in the business in 2020 experienced something that we had never experienced. And I think they're the most that are panicking. Um because I remember when I don't remember, I don't know if y'all remember like had the panic in the Facebook groups. I just had to like silence them. Uh, people that had been in this business for decades that were like, I can't get my buyers under contract and I've never experienced this before. And the sky is falling. And I was like, I can't listen to this. Like, I can't. I have to I have to tune that out because I have to get people under contract. I can't just <laughs> yeah. settle with that. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of and then you add everything else in the world that's going on just kind of been kind of madness. Yeah. I think um, one really cool thing that we talked at the last sales meeting was to show the seller what they initially bought the house for. Yes. And to kind of reframe that. And like you said, how much equity they have. So there are so many parents in, there are so many agents who are parents. So I want to know what was it like for you having a mom in the industry? Like maybe there's hope that all of our kids will be okay. <laughs> you seem like you turned out great. Oh, this is all a front. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely remember the ebbs and flows. Uh, my mom was a realtor. My dad owned his own business. And the, com- the combination of those two things definitely showed. Like I remember when we had money. And then I remember when times were really tough and things were not, you know, like I remember when mom had to close and we got to go out to eat. <laughs> like we were going out to eat that night. Yes. Um, and so like, I remember stuff like that, but I definitely remember just like the hustle. I told her I would never be a realtor. This was not the job for me. She's a managing broker as well. So like 
I just never said I would do this. And I remember when I called her and I was working at Verizon previously when I had moved to Nashville and retired my real estate license for a bit. And I said, I think I'm just going to like quit Verizon and like I had some money in my 401k. I'm just going to cash that out. I'll drive Lyft if I have to. Like, I just kind of want to make real estate work here. And she was like, are you sure you want to do that? (laughs) You have benefits, you have 401k match, like you have all these things. And I was like, yeah, I just like, I'm not wanting to do this anymore. And I think I would have a chance at real estate here. And if not, then I'll just go get a job job, you know, like what everybody says. And then I'm just thankful that, you know, that it worked out and and here I am. But um, I definitely had some, I learned a lot going through that, especially getting my license in 06 after the crash and kind of coming in as a newbie. My mom luckily was an REO listing agent after that happened. And so with Countrywide, which was the biggest event, you wow, know, kind of yeah. bad player. So we were really busy. Uh, it wasn't super glamorous because they were like $30,000 properties. Um, <laughs> and so I wish, I wish looking back, I had, you know, bought all of those, but we didn't have any money back then to buy all oh, perspective as a bitch like that. Right. That's life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but I remember specifically seeing people auctioning off like cars and signed guitars, wow. like the realtors then that were just kind of like big time in the marketplace. And I just remember that has always stuck with me. And I always have this like almost impending doom that's kind of followed me of like, okay, it could crash at any moment. So you have to pay your taxes. You have to put money aside. So I think that leading up has helped, but there is hope for people that have kids and are realtors <laughs> uh, because the flexibility is great. Mom was able to pick us up from school, maybe a little late a yeah. couple of times, mm-hmm. but uh, she was there. And there. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. We are all <laughs> <Yes>. your mom. <laughs> so yeah, you were used to the ebbs and flows and hopefully having a bit more emotional stability of, yeah, safe when it's good. It's not always good. Let's definitely try and be in the moment and celebrate and go out to, I don't know, Outback Steakhouse <laughs> yes. um, when there's closing and and to, and to feel that excitement of, of when things are good, but then to not freak when they're bad. I, I read something recently that said, going back to your point, we were all really, really busy running around the past two years. And so if we if we are able to try and see right now as a gift, mm-hmm. feed back into I know I'm saying a, I'm I'm saying an important having an, an emotional moment. I know you are. I know you are. Sorry. <laughs> I saw Frenchie. All I saw was Frenchie. I couldn't. Uh, I, I lost it. I'm so sorry. She was clawing the crap out of my leg. Saying pick me up, and now like totally up, fine. Just wanted to be held. Lila's dog is in her lap. I mean, if Frenchie is a child. <laughs> no, all I was all I was saying was to to pour back into the relationships that maybe didn't get a lot of our attention over the past two yeah. years to rebuild some healthy habits, to not be running around in such a friendly, to try and make more intentional decisions of how we spend our time and where we spend our energy to give back to ourselves and to, if we are able to, hopefully can have a bit of an exhale because it will turn around and and things will change. So to, to try and see this as more of a gift than a fear. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the slow moments is what I try to say. Like enjoy this brief moment of pause because it can very quickly all of a sudden have five clients and you're running around like crazy. Uh, But then also like, I don't want it to be too long of a pause. You know, (laughs) like I will enjoy this brief moment of slowness, but let's get back to work. You know, there are so many reasons to to do real estate beyond making money. You know, I want to know what's your what's your reason 
for doing this. And you can't just say that you like helping people because that's the easy answer. It has to be beyond that. <laughs> right. Uh, so I love helping people. Uh, <laughs> I just remember like the, I think a lot of it is, uh, I like the the sales aspect. I, I love sales. I love just kind of that grind. I do love people, but I think it's really cool now. It's, it's kind of morphed. Like as you start having repeat buyers, and especially repeat buyers that maybe move up and then buy an investment property. And you're just like watching people build wealth and it clicks. And it's like, that is how you do that in this country. Like this is really the only way. And to see like people that I worked with at Verizon and we've all kind of just like grown up together. And now you know, they started out with a townhome and now have this beautiful house and maybe an investment property and like seeing that happen or seeing clients that didn't have kids and now have three babies and then you kind of like grow up with them and meet them like that part's all fun i guess it all goes back to the people but um i love that aspect of it and i love problem solving and i think real estate is nothing but a lot of problem solving figuring things out especially on the broker side of things sure um I, I think I just love that. So I don't know if that is kind of still under the people category, but uh, it is the people. That's kind of why we're here. For sure. I just think so many, I, I just think that's just like such a, not a thoughtless answer because mm -hmm. obviously that's important. But it's like, I really just like to help people. Like, okay, okay, Miss America. <laughs> I really love people. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Lila, is is there any, we're like, yeah. Lee, you're so well-spoken and you're, so precise oh, we're like blowing you. through all of my bullet points so i mean lila i <laughs> well, didn't know down. if there was anything that you wanted to bring up or talk about or i always have questions just you know brewing i love it um well i would love i mean i know your partner adam yes we love and you. he's he's an amazing singer and performer and writer he has a video right now that is like kicking ass on yes. cmt yes super so exciting we, number one last week very excited so cheers to that so i'm curious because you know i mean i i do music too and it's so hard to balance that and then with what you do it's also hard to balance because i do that too and yes I, how does that work in your household and you have two new puppies right not just one. So uh, you have, don't you have two in your Frenchie brigade? We have, brigade? we have one, but when, so my, my father passed away in February of this year, kind of unexpectedly. Oh, um, thank you. And so my mom, they've been together 40 years. And so that has been kind of a heavy part of 2022, along with like, I had my biggest month of my career, like the month my dad was dying. And so it was just like, oh, you had so many, I had so many things going yeah. and we got a new puppy. And like we were replacing our stove, so we had no stove. And then we sold our kitchen table and had no kitchen table. It was just like a complete, which all sound very like yeah, all the things, all very first world problems, at least on those. But like your, the house was just like in disarray. So it's been quite a year. But anyway, to answer your question, we got my mom a Frenchie um, shortly after my dad passed. And so just so she wasn't alone because they had no pets or anything. And so she, Lucy is her name. And so her and Priscilla are like besties. Okay. Um, but yeah. Well, Sasha wants to be besties too. Yes, we have to have a Frenchie party. <laughs> There's nothing like it. Uh, we have a, a bald blue chihuahua who is 13. Uh, and so she's definitely not supermodel of the world either. <laughs> uh, but she's precious too. Um, but I guess to answer your original question, um, Adam definitely helps me not work all the time because I'm one that would just bring work home and just kind of 
power through it. And so he definitely keeps me <laughs> in check a little bit of like, mm -hmm. it is 845, like the answer yeah. can wait. Like, why are you working right now? Uh, and so I think that's really helpful for me because I just am like, let's get it done. Let's do it. And so that is kind of hard. And then I'm, yeah. we're kind of jumping in kind of this, his next project together. And he's very much the artist side of things and the creative and I'm very business oriented. And so kind of usually those two don't come together in the same person. It's usually kind of separate. And so I'm kind of helping uh, along that, but it has been so much fun. And, and I, you know, just love him very much. So. So does he keep you in check? Like when you go on your, like when you went to the wedding that you talked about earlier, is he like, hey, be present. Hey, be here. Get off your phone or whatever. Yes. That's uh, out of town, in town last night. We were watching <laughs> the Dahmer show. I mean, it's anytime he's like, why are you on your phone? But then I'll like look over and I'm like, oh, are you on your phone? And I can't be on my phone. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, I have one of those too. <laughs> and then he puts his phone down. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm being attacked here. Um, he's like, but I'm just making sure that I'm still number one. I'm just exactly. checking on my stats. <laughs> checking my stats for sure. Uh, but yeah, he definitely helps keep me not working all the time and make sure that like when we went to Utah and we were going to a state park and we were going to go hiking and find this like stream, it was like, you don't even feel like you're in a, on this planet. It's just like beautiful, just like nothing but gorgeous scenery. And I realized I didn't have service for like six hours and the panic that came over me. I was like, oh my gosh, what if, what if an agent needs me or what if the world falls apart? And, and then I just had to like, let that go. And then we got back from the trip and I had maybe just a couple text messages, which is very rare. Cause one time I took a nap and I woke up with like 20 text messages, six missed calls. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even take an hour nap, you know? Um, but he's like, fine. If somebody else can handle it, like you need to enjoy this moment. Um, but that's also a challenge. Um, <laughs> not working is a challenge sometimes. Do you love to be needed? <laughs> Do I love to be needed? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Are we yeah. in therapy? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I definitely like to be a resource for people. And I think that's why I like being a broker is because I like tackling the issues and then helping people with a, with a problem. But sometimes, I mean, you can just spread yourself so thin when it's, you have clients that need that yeah. you have your partner and then you have little realtor children that need your help. Um, and so <laughs> those, are, those are the only children I'm having. <laughs> My little realtor babies are the only ones um, that uh, you'll be seeing running around. Well, it sounds like more positive problem solving than codependency, which is, I think, can get into that of like, oh, my clients need me. All these other agents need me. Mm -hmm. I only feel whole inside if I have someone who is needing me. And so then I think that that can get toxic, especially, I mean, obviously in relationships and stuff, but it sounds like mm -hmm. it's more of a positive than where I was seeing if it would go. <laughs> She's waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I just like start crying and bawling. <laughs> Lila, anything else? What's your Enneagram? Do you know? I'm an eight. I'm an eight wing seven. Really? Um, but I'm not like Challenger. the asshole eight. I was about to say, I you're know, the nicest everybody... eight I've ever met. I'm When I was reading it, I was like, am I, I mean, I can be an asshole if I need to. Uh, I can get spicy. I am from Memphis, so we can get crumped if we have to. But not normally, <laughs> you know, I, I try to I try to keep it nice. Um, but yeah, I guess it but but I wing seven. So I'm a, I definitely fall into my seven fun. Let's have yeah. a party. Uh, and Adam is a seven wing six. So it kind of is a nice little. Same. Um, there you go. And married to an eight wing seven. Oh my, wow. Exactly the same. 
So I get that. So funny. Very much. Yeah. Is your family still in Memphis? So they, uh, my mom and my dad moved, uh, I guess it was the middle of 2020. Um, she is a broker with Crylike. She was a broker with Crylike in Memphis, and which is where I started when I came out and came out in Nashville, came to real estate in Nashville. Uh, I started with uh, <laughs> Crylike in Franklin <laughs> uh, with Karen Baker, who is now a Phillips. And so she, they moved here in the middle of 2020 and she is now the broker for Crylike for the Spring Hill office. So it's battle of the brokers but my yeah but my little sister is here she works for ca south which is actually development company that's done like a loom some of the other projects on 8th avenue is kind of their main target area um and so she's loving it she's on the development side of things and um, so we're all kind of in real estate um kind of together but separate oh cool Uh, but they're here so looking back it was a great thing that mom and dad moved here considering everything that's happened this past year but um but she's in Columbia, which she doesn't quite understand mm-hmm. to people that live in East Nashville. It might as well be Texas. Like that is like. Yes. That's halfway to Florida. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> so like we keep trying to pull her. We're going to try and pull her closer because Allie's in Donaldson and I'm in East. I mean, I'll, I'll work in Columbia, but it's not just like a hop, skip and a jump. To You mean you don't refer those clients to your mother? <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, maybe. And she was in Village, maybe, but she's maybe. not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so growing up in Memphis, who were your friends at, at school? Like, who did you sit with in the cafeteria? Oh, gosh. So I geez, I went to a private Christian school and I was also which was a reformed Presbyterian Christian school. And I was raised Southern Baptist, very Southern Baptist at Bellevue. I don't know if you all are familiar with Bellevue Baptist mm-hmm. Church or not, but yep. we called it Six Flags Over Jesus. Yep, um, and so See, now we're oh, now yeah. we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, trauma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I had, you know, I had some, some, a lot of my friends were at church cause I was very active. We did like the choir tour and the singing Christmas tree and all that stuff. And so any Bellevue people that were at ECS, I hung out with, but the majority of my friends were kind of outside of ECS. Uh, I appreciate the education, but I can't say that I would probably, um, if I had children and was in Memphis and my children there, <laughs> if that's okay to say, but definitely silly and, you know, kind of fun people, I guess. Uh, and I was not out in high school, um, cause different times, um, you couldn't be out in high school. So, but I love, you know, I, I love Memphis. I love being from Memphis. I appreciate so much the diversity that I learned, not so much growing up because you're kind of, you know, Memphis is a predominantly black city. And so moving to Nashville, it was kind of weird to not see the diversity that I was used to at home and then kind of leaving the private Christian school bubble or at Bellevue um, and then coming out into the real world, especially working retail. I just love the diversity aspect of Memphis. And I think it's, it's not looked at as a good thing in the city sometimes, but I appreciate meeting so many people that were totally different from me that taught me so much about words that matter and just like how you say things and how you respect people. And it was not something that was taught at church or school. It was just my interaction with, you know, people of color that had been slided through the community and just kind of were very nice to me because I think they saw this kind of little bit of a sheltered uh, white boy. (laughs) And, uh, and I just love that, you know, they had the grace with me. So, but definitely would not move back to Memphis, but very proud to be from there. Uh, I love Nashville. I'm not going anywhere. I think that you can think that you're open-minded and accepting until you are in the thick of a different culture or a different part of the country. And then you're like, oh, I Mm -hmm. thought that I was open-minded, but now I see all my shortcomings that I had before I actually 
was inside this uh, learning opportunity to grow. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Lee, you have really great teeth. Just want to share that. (laughs) (laughs) No braces Um, either. Wow. Wow. I had had acne though. So I had the other side of the Good uh, thing. I was like, (laughs) I needed to know where your, where your faults were, the acne. Oh my gosh. I'll have to send y'all a picture of my hair in high school. It was much larger, like huge. Was it Justin Timberlake-ish? Like, Curly little fro. Oh, yeah. Bigger, bigger. bigger. Just kind of like, I'll, I'll have to find a picture and send it to you. It's wild. Uh, and that was our rebellion, you know, with the private school. You couldn't really do much besides untuck your polo and <laughs> grow your hair out longer than they allowed. Sticking <laughs> it to the man. A real middle I'll, finger. I'll <laughs> tell you. It's boss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Lee, last few questions. I want to know what advice would you give yourself starting out as an agent? today um or or what of what are some things you know if you could go back that you would do differently oh geez i'm a firm believer of coming into the office i think show up if you don't have shit to do come here work on your facebook page read an article do a training just be in the environment because we all know real estate can be a very lonely job sometimes even though we're with a lot of people and so i think surrounding yourself with people that experience the same things uh like that or just the ability to hear hustle and like hear how someone handled that situation or you know any number of things so show up for sure i'm not as good as calling um uh, like my sphere of influence as like i could call a, the phone book all you know just smile and dial but it's that calling your people that know like and trust you because you don't want to sound salesy is something that i think we all kind of experience and so mm-hmm. now i'm just kind of putting it to more of like a check. It's a, it's a check-in. I don't, I'm not like, do you want to buy and sell real estate today? You know, check on your people. Um, they, they, you spend, we spend so much time with people. And then after a month and they close, it's like someone you talk to for almost every day for what, six months, sometimes it's like yeah. that communication stops. And so you build that relationship. And I think for me and a lot of agents, it's hard to keep cultivating that because mm-hmm. we just get busy with other things. And so I'm actively working on that. And I think that would be good advice for people at the beginning. It's like, start with the people that know, like, and trust you. Online leads are not the end all be all. It's great practice for getting rejection, I would say, because um, then you can just kind of on to the next. Um, but not everybody's okay <laughs> with just like being cussed out in your face a lot. Um, so show up in the office and call your call your people, I think, are the best two things. And even I'm working on, like I said, the second one is just kind of something that evolves. And- it's hard, too, because I know for me, like my first year in real estate, I ended up 90% of my transactions were with my friends. Like they mm-hmm. trusted me as a fresh agent, which I'm very thankful that they did. But that almost made it hard to keep up in that sense because I was around them all the time. And so Mm -hmm. I've had to make a really conscious effort and I've done a lot more of it this year of just checking in with people. And because I really genuinely do want to know how they're doing. And you know, if the house is great, great. Like it's not for me. It's like you said, it's not a, Hey, just checking to see if you're ready again. It's really about (laughs) making those connections with people and then continuing to foster them so that, well, we all want to know that we're cared about, right? Or thought about for sure. and, and taking that time to show consideration for people, whether they're your friends or they've become your friends or they're your clients is so important. And I think it's a big piece that a lot of us forget about. And mm-hmm. if we would foster those things, we probably all wouldn't need to look very much further for business either. Oh, 100%. I totally agree. But it's just 
hard to do. But it's you know? hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. Well, I just got distracted because what's that country song? You said just to call and say, I've been thinking about you. What's that song? I've been thinking about it. You know that one? <laughs> I don't know. Don't you, don't you do that to me. I don't know because you did that. And then I went to, I've been thinking oh about my gosh, you. I'm- it's like Patty Loveless or something. It's very 90s. I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you and say, here's the song that I awkwardly sang and y'all didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And we love 90s country. Yes. Um, Lee, did you make up the term ear hustle? <laughs> I wrote down ear I wrote down ear hustle, uh, question mark. <laughs> let me think. I think when I was a manager at Verizon, it was a very much like micromanaged company and you had to like listen to the sales that were going. If you ever have gone into a cell phone so- store, just know it is a operation. There is a system for everything that you're doing and buying and being presented. And so you used to kind of have like listen to the sales reps, but you would have to like listen to two or three at a time. And so I think that's where that term came from is ear hustling. But yeah, it still rings the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been watching The Bear on Hulu. So have either of you watched that? Mm-mm. I think I watched the first. We're into Dahmer right now, which is really hard to watch. Um, oh, but I can't wait. Just, oh, it's so terrifying. Uh, Adam's like crying under the pillow. He's like, I'm not watching. <laughs> but it's so good. But we watched the first episode and it was good. But I was still kind of like trying to figure out what the hell was going on, I guess. Um, All I wanted to say was that it's about running a kitchen and they have crazy kitchen nightmares. And so I just want to know what is something that's, you know, is there anything that keeps you up at night, whether it's like work related or or otherwise? Uh, Two hundred and fifty agents not breaking the law. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm like Lila. I could probably fall asleep sure. right now if I really just close my eyes. Uh, so I sleep, really, but I mean, obviously, I do have I have a reoccurring nightmare sometimes that I forget a home or a inspection period window, and uh, or that I've just forgotten I had a client, which would never happen. But like in my mind, that that would happen. I guess. Uh, yeah. I think being in sales, you compete with yourself. I mean, obviously, you compete with other people, but you compete with yourself a lot, and you have to get to the point where. When is enough enough? Like you can make a hundred thousand, two hundred, three hundred, it can go all the way up. But is your quality of life any better at this amount or that amount? And I think I'm in a place now where it's like, okay, I don't want to be as stressed out or, you know, worrying about work when I get home. So do I, you know, curtail that? And I know that sounds very like um, privileged to say, but like for anything, I guess you that can relate to anything in life. Like, you know, are you happy where you are still feeling mo- motivated? but where it doesn't like affect you in a way where you're just like well, constantly worrying. And does it serve you? And I don't mean in a financial way, but emotionally, we right. Amanda, we were talking about this a little bit the other day and it's like, you know, you get to a point after being so hungry at the beginning, you know, cause you want all the clients and you're trying to make a living yes. and all the things, but then you have to, you know, at some point there's that corner you turn where you might meet a client and know immediately this isn't going to be a good fit for me. And having the boundaries and being okay with just saying, you know what, like, here's some other people you could talk to. This isn't really going to work for me at the moment, Um, which is still even hard when you're busy. But Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, I've had only had that happen in a couple occasions where I've met with somebody and come home and like maybe talk to my wife about it. And she's like, you you don't want to do that. Like that is going to 
wear you out it's and not it's worth not it. worth it. And I'm like, you know what? It's not. And then I was so glad that I made that choice, but mm-hmm. it's hard. I agree. I think it's like, you know, reaching a certain level of success and then taking the time to analyze, like you said, Lila, how that success is serving you. And if it's bringing you the fulfillment that you thought or hoped that it would, because it's a goal and I'll feel financially stable if I achieve this goal. I'll feel happy if I achieve this goal or level of success. And then taking the time to say, well, I actually don't feel any better about myself or this situation. So, okay, well, I need to explore other areas of my life to see where I can find happiness or stability. And how do I then just make my career a long game, right? Instead of having like the peaks and Mm -hmm. valleys of crush it, Mm -hmm. crush it, crush it, reach for this crazy goal okay, well, I need to find, I need to find again, happiness in my own life and, and yes, and balance to then sustain that. So it's a marathon instead of these short little exhaustive sprints, which again, I think going back full circle to the beginning of the convo is like, okay, yeah, now let's settle back Mm -hmm. into getting out of pandemics, hopefully something more stable and manageable and Mm -hmm. long long lasting preach we have five songs from lee that either pump them up help them wind down or sit with them in the sadness (laughs) we've got uh that cmt number one disco (laughs) cowboy by adam uh hold me closer the britney spears and elton john version virgo's groove by beyonce becky so hot by fletcher if i fall by nick jonas can you pick one of those songs and tell me why you picked it and what it means to you? Oh my goodness. Honestly, I wanted to put all Britney Spears songs because that's just anything. <laughs> anything Britney gets me going. Uh, we were in a similar moment together in 2007. Just I wasn't a celebrity and she was. Um, uh, so one of those, I won't pick Adam because that's so cheesy. I don't. Uh, if I Fall by Nick Jonas is probably more of a tender song and it's just really sweet. Just if the last time I fall in love with you, I can't wait to fall in love with you again, like in the next life. I think that's really tender and sweet. Um, uh, but all those. Uh, and then my my little sister is also gay. And so she is preaching the lesbianic uh, Bible to me of all the drama and the lesbian uh, community. <laughs> and so she has recently introduced Fletcher oh. and all the drama that comes along with Fletcher. And I'm obsessed and so i'd probably stick with becky's so hot right now and it does every time that song comes on i'm like yeah I love it. Uh, but really any of them honestly and anything britney spears i'm i'm there for hey it's amanda the ghost of post-production so i was editing lee's episode and realized that i just definitely forgot to ask lee his win some lose some question actually got busy at work and so i had to take a couple of weeks off and I'm just getting in the swing of things uh, back to interviews now. So uh, I texted Lee, hey, totally forgot this. My bad. If you have a second, will you please let me know where you're winning, where are you losing? And uh, he was so kind to take a minute and to respond and send me this voice text. All right. Win some, lose some. Okay. Winning wins, I would say bought my first investment property this year. Super excited about that. Uh, along with, you know, Adam Song going to number one on CMT Music. I just have to mention that. Um, lose some, I don't know, you know, just always trying to, uh, keep the momentum going and, you know, do all the things, I guess, just focusing on not being burnt out, uh, you know, if that's kind of a constant thing, but, um, that's what happens when you're self-employed. So I don't know if that really counts as losing, but, um, you know, just keeping that fire under your ass. So you keep uh, moving forward. Well, at the end of every episode, we have a 
message of love and encouragement from someone important or influential in our guest life. <laughs> oh boy! So we've talked about Adam a few times this episode, but I actually have a little message from him that I want to play for you really quick. Oh boy! So let me pull this up. Hi, <laughs> so it's silly. Adam, aka the love of your life. <laughs> I just wanted to take a minute to let you know how truly appreciated you are. You are the most generous, compassionate, intelligent person I know. You work so hard for everyone around you and rarely take the time to bask in the glory and the rewards of all your hard work. So many people are better because of you, mainly me. I'm your number one fan and I love you very much. He's so cute. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was really sweet. Awesome. I just like encouraging. I don't think we take enough time to encourage each other, especially the people that we're in these long-term relationships with. I think that we think that it just goes without all that kind of stuff goes without saying, but it doesn't go without saying you should say it. So anything else, anything you want to close with? We're here at the end. Anything you want to talk about? We didn't go over or any final words. No, I love it. I would just say thank you all for doing this. I love that you're interviewing different people in the industry. I think that's great and awesome. Um, going into the next couple of years, maybe a little rough for everybody listening. And so just keep your just keep grinding. Just tune out the noise, tune out the headlines, talk to your broker, talk to your fellow agents, get together and go have a drink, go have coffee. It's I think we're so used to just being alone, especially after the past two years, we've forgotten that one of the best parts of our business was broker opens and seeing each other and getting involved with the board and doing all that fun stuff. And I think we have to get back to doing that. So I would say get involved and drink and have a good time and make some money <laughs> amen well cool that's all we got uh hope you have an awesome day lee thank you, you for starting your day with us thank y'all so much it was so thank good to you. see you both. yeah good to see you too i'm gonna go ahead and end it i'll talk to you later bye bye thank you for listening to win some lose some resiliency in real estate if you believe in the mission of this podcast to talk about the wins and losses of life and real estate, please share with a friend that could use a reminder that they're not alone in their struggles. Also, rate, like, subscribe, comment, D, all the above. Just pick a random bubble like a Scantron. Also, be sure to visit winsomelosomepod.com for a list of all of our episodes and email winsomelosomepod at gmail.com if there's someone you think we should talk to. Lastly, let us know if you'd like to work with us because we'd love to work with you. Win some, lose some together.